Good evening, and welcome in to Player Profiler today. I'm your host for Crossover Week, Jason Allwine, filling in for Jack Cavanaugh after he did a fantastic rendition of the Wake and Take for me this morning. All sorts of shows on the Player Profiler Network will have new faces this week, so make sure you stay tuned on our Twitter for all sorts of fun activities going on on the Player Profiler world. But today, today we have some big news to talk about. Javante Williams is avoiding the pup list. Sam Laporta has officially been named the starter tight end for the Lions. Rashad Bateman ended up reporting after not reporting to training camp and plenty other news to cover on Player Profiler today. And it wouldn't be a fantastic show without a fantastic guest. My man, Aaron Stewart, is joining me today. You've seen him on Statmasters. You've seen him guest on me last week on Wake and Take. You've seen him guesting on all sorts of shows the past week. You see him on Twitter. The list goes on and on and on. Fantastic man doing the thumbnails, doing all sorts of stuff in this in this company. So glad to have you on. How are you doing this evening? Doing well, doing well. I have to say, uh, where are you keeping uh, Jack stored there? I see that you've broken into his house. So is he like tied up somewhere, like thrown in, I don't know, like the closet or something? Like He's actually you, holding up signs behind the camera. And oh, okay. <laughs> That's how this crossover week is working. I see, yeah. I see. But always, always a pleasure to, to join you for shows. Second time back here on Player Profiler today. And you mentioned it. We got some news to talk about. Yeah. And why don't we go ahead and start things off with the biggest story, I think. And that's just Javante Williams is avoiding the pup list. He is expected to be completely full go by week one, looking good, practicing. How does that make you feel? Are, are you excited? Very excited. I, I like Javante Williams when he entered the NFL. And, mm. you know, there is, of course, some risk. He tore everything in his knee, ACL, MCL, PCL, everything. But it was week four of last season. So by the yeah. time the start of the season occurs, we're approaching a full year since the injury occurred, which is good. I feel like people have faded him too much before. This is obviously excellent news to not start on the pup list because teams will put players on the pup, even for kind of some minor stuff as we've seen. And as we'll talk about with some other guys, but for Javante Williams to just avoid it completely, you're a Williams fan like me. You're very excited. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you mentioned he had been, I mean, really an incredible value. I'm sure that we'll look back on it and wish I, myself in particular, I definitely wish I took some more chances on him. Uh, I mean, and he was even saying it himself that he would be good to go. And for some reason, all of us just did not believe him. Things seem to be good. I'm seeing the chat in here. They're asking, I don't know off the top of my head, uh, but the Jake, did J.K. Dobbins start on the pub list last year? I, I don't I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. I think he did. And we're not saying that like Javante Williams is like all in the clear, right? That was a drastic injury. It's something to monitor, but it is very encouraging news for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yes, definitely something to monitor. If he has any type of setback, then yeah, we're almost back to square one, but it's, uh, it's encouraging. I'm going to think positive on this one. And the one player that I'll mention too, that, kind of humbled me a bit from a similar situation last season was Chris Godwin who tore his ACL yeah. and MCL. And I know last year I was like, I don't want him. Store multiple ligaments in his knee turned yeah. out to set a career high in receptions. He topped a thousand yards. So it's not 
he's not completely done, right? And at his cost in drafts, like you're drafting him and it's, to me, it's low risk, high reward. If Javante doesn't hit in your drafts, like you really didn't give up much. Like in best ball, he's going right inside the top 100 players. It's not ideal, but it's not going to kill your season if you took him there. No, definitely not. Definitely not. I mean, going in the range of like the Alvin Kamara's of the world after the Alexander Madison's of the world. So definitely worth taking a chance there. Are you still taking chances on Samaj P. Ryan? It's not like they're paying him a ton. I mean, it's a decent amount for a backup, seven and a half million over two years. But I mean, I know that a lot of us in the community were expecting a massive role for him, at least to begin the year. Uh, is that really still in the cards? You know, with P. Ryan, it's I've always been taking him when he slides especially in best ball, he'll slide half a round up to a full round. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's when I'll take him. I'm usually not taking him at his ADP. I think he's totally fine. I think he is yeah. a capable running back. It's just that, yeah, everyone went to like best case scenario. They went to worst case scenario, Javante Williams, best case scenario, Smaji P. Ryan. And that's a problem in best ball. You usually have to like kind of stay in the middle but with yeah. those situations, not let it get so drastic there. But P. Ryan's still going to be fine. P. Ryan was getting, he was taking work from Joe Mixon last season. Both yeah. guys can excel in this offense. I mean, <laughs> this is Sean Payton we're talking about. And think of all those Saints teams, Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram for many seasons. Both guys were capable in fantasy football. So I would say the pivot right now is Samaj P. Ryan. Of course, his ADP is going to start falling. Javante Williams, because we are at that time of the offseason. Any good yep. news is going to push players up. Any bad news is going to push them way down. So start to draft Samaj P. Ryan more now, but just wait for him. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think at this point, the people that drafted him expecting some really decent week one usage, probably not going to happen as much. I'm sure he'll probably get a little bit more week one than he does week two. We're talking a slow usage potentially and bringing back Javante, Will uh, Javante but I mean, he's going to be back. I think with, with P Ryan, he just kind of becomes an elite handcuff almost. I mean, the handcuff you want to roster, you have a guy with a huge injury coming back and then a very clear role pass catching guy in an offense that we all expect to take a step forward. So I would just keep that in mind when you're taking your P Ryan as really just classify him as a really, really good handcuff. I will say with Javante Williams, I went through a couple weeks ago at just, you know, our data analysis tool, which is fantastic. And I was looking to see if there were any players who had way more expected points per game than points per game. And Javante Williams was actually the only non-quarterback to have five less points per game than was expected. Now, this was last season with a small sample. Granted, it was only a few weeks before he got injured, but still that is kind of a little concerning to me, especially with Everyone's talking about how efficient he is. You know, his rookie season, number seven, I believe, in like evaded tackles. Not necessarily the same anymore. So we'll see. We will definitely see. And a great way to find out if you're, you know, in the right on your player takes is to use our draft kit. Our draft kit has some fantastic tools on 300 players. And why don't I just let the podfather talk a little bit about that? Hey, it's the Podfather of great news. The 2023 Draft Kit is live. It is world famous. Why? Because it is the best resource for winning fantasy football championships that exists. There are rankings and cheat sheets for every format you can imagine. We have projections both at the team level and the player level. And wherever you are, you can click on a player, open them up, and see in-depth written analysis about what to expect in fantasy football from that player this year. And then you can click on the team and you can get even more in-depth analysis, all the drivers of fantasy production 
both in a positive and negative direction for that team, including a signature trend. And the graphics are incredible. So these team insights, they give you the team level projections, the vacated targets, the vacated areas, and that one dynamic for each team that you need to know when making decisions on draft day. And we added a bunch of features. I mean, individual cheat sheets for Theo and Billy and Dario. So you could take your favorite analyst and download their personal draft cheat sheet. And then in the commissioner's section, also brand new this year, Memphis Young lays out everything you need to know to manage a league, do's, don'ts, tips, and what the more innovative fantasy commissioners are doing this year. That's presented by Trophy Smack. The whole package is presented by the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the FFPC, Ray Garvin, Derek Brown, the best minds in the industry contributing analysis. It's certainly not the most inexpensive draft kit on the market, but uh, it is the best. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Go get it. Go get that draft kit. And if you want to get the all-in package, use promo code Jack. Since we're on Player Profiler today, get yourself $10 off the all-in package, getting all sorts of Player Profiler tools. Now, Aaron, this would not be a Player Profiler today without some Detroit Lions news. And I'm very excited about this one. Sam Laporte is officially the starting tight end for the Detroit Lions, taking the job from Brock Wright. I'm excited. Are you as excited as I am? Probably less excited. I'm just a realist with rookie tight ends. Yeah. How often do we get productive rookie tight end seasons? Not Once. very often. Yeah, it's it's pretty rare. Occasionally, you have like last season with Chikosia Makakwo, who came out of nowhere and put up a solid like 450 to 500 receiving yards. But Sam Laporta, you know, he's got all the hype because, of course, he was drafted a lot higher. But I'm just I'm more level headed with this. Some concerns is he, he is smaller, right? And yeah. I'm a John o. Smith fan. I I have a John o. Smith fan even to this day, but not having the big size uh, does affect things. So how much will Sam Laporta play? I don't know. I'm sure he's going to put up highlight reels that look great. The profile is exciting. But in terms of 2023 fantasy football, I know in all these basketball drafts, I'm not touching Sam Laporta. Okay, I definitely think that's fair. The rookie tight end I have been taking a chance on in redraft leagues was Sam Laporta. Just because the whole anecdote that I'm going to buy into, no analytics involved in this, is just the fact that Jamison Williams is is suspended. And I know that, of course, they've brought in Denzel Mims, but I just see... A rookie tight end who, of course, historically, they start off slow, have to learn so much. But sometimes the best way to learn is just to be thrown into the fire. And, I mean, he's going to be fed to the wolves immediately. He's going to see volume immediately. And it might not click right away, but I do think it'll click in his rookie season and in a pretty decent way in that pass-happy offense. So I, I'm I'm definitely, if I'm going to draft a rookie tight end in redraft, I'm going to him. I think it's a much more clear answer than a Michael Mayer, than a Dalton Kincaid right now. Um, so I, I'm in on him. I'm definitely in on him. I'd push back and I'd say Michael Mayer for me. The thing that I do want people to remember, it's okay to be excited about Sam Laporta, but TJ Hawkinson was on this Lions team and Hawkinson was a much better like tight end prospect and a proven NFL player. And they just could not figure out how to consistently keep that guy involved. He had that big yeah. 40 point week, which was huge, but Jared Goff, he targets his running backs at an insane 18% rate. 
Amon Ra is going to eat. Uh, Marvin Jones is there. I know he's also put on the pup, lift, pup list. And Marvin Jones, I know, he's old. He's not what he once was, but he'll get targets. Like you start when you start breaking it down that way, you go, it might be tough for Sam Laporte to return anything. And Michael Mayer, I'll be quick on this one, just saying, I think he had the best tight end of this rookie class, the best profile in a situation that could be pretty nice if Hunter Renfro goes away. You know, and it's Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, Michael Mayer is like the three pass catchers. I like Mayer a lot more than Laporta. Okay, I think that's fair. And we actually will be talking about the Raiders later because I would be remiss if I didn't bring up Jimmy Garoppolo in an episode of anything. I will say, I will say that I, I did want to look this up before we got in here. And I did remember Brock Wright having some flashes and he did have a 12-point game and a 16-point game in the absence of TJ Hawkinson. Granted, both of those were basically touchdown games, the 12 point of 51 yard, one reception and touchdown. And then the other one, three receptions for 13 yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> so the Brock Wright classic there. So yeah, Sam Laporta being the being named the starting tight end, like it's good for him, but he beat out Brock Wright and James Mitchell to be the starting tight end. Like those yeah. guys are average at best in the NFL. And that is why Luke Schoonmaker will take the Dallas Cowboys starting tight end job sooner rather than later. Let's go ahead and talk about the guy whose starting job may be on the line. Technically, I mean, there's so many receivers in this room. Rashad Bateman, after, you know, basically bringing some drama around, being a drama queen, you know, not reporting to camp, being upset with the team, has officially reported to camp. And it seems like he was actually added to the pup list. So let's let's talk a little bit about this. Uh, what, what do you see in Rashad Bateman? We'll start with that. Well, not much would be the answer, but let's talk about the, the major thing. The reason he's on the pup list is he suffered back in week eight a Liz Frank injury. Basically in English, his foot don't work. His foot is gonna, going to be problematic this season. And that's unfortunate because Bateman at this point, two years into his career, he's entering year three. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. He's played 18 total games. This is his career stat line. 95 targets, 61 receptions for a nice even 800 yards, three touchdowns. Despite this, I know, coming into the NFL, he had this profile that we all loved. He hit the analytical profile that we look for in rookie wide receivers. However, at this point, none of that matters. When you are this far into your NFL career, it's all about production. We've seen some upside from Rashad Bateman. We just haven't seen consistency. And my biggest problem is he was still going in the top 90 in all these baseball drafts that I'm, that I'm doing. Occasionally he might fall, but rarely. And honestly, I think that the Ravens receiver that, that you should get is Zay Flowers. He's healthy. He's talented. And, you know, Odell Beckham's also dealing with his injuries. But Rashad Bateman, this Liz Frank injury is not going to prevent him from playing. But I, I implore you guys, uh, our friends from the Undroppables, there is an article there. I cannot remember the PT that they had. I can't, I'm blanking on his name. But there was an article about Liz Frank injuries. It's easy to search for on Google. But basically, to summarize it, like when you suffer that injury, the next season, you are likely to miss like four to five games. Now, we do have like Travis Etienne, who played every single game last season after missing an entire season with the Liz Frank injury. But he did suffer that injury before the start of his rookie season, whereas mm -hmm. Rashad Bateman suffered that injury 
about the middle of this past season. So don't expect much the first half of the season. And if he disappoints, like you shouldn't really be surprised in my opinion. No, I think that's fair. I, I personally, I've been kind of staying away except for Mark Andrews. And even then I just don't feel super great about it just because of the cost. I don't, I just don't know who to latch onto. I think say flowers is probably the logical answer. You don't necessarily want to bet on Odell Beckham to be the answer. I just also know that the world we live in for some reason, Odell Beckham will be the answer knowing how things go, but it's, it's, you know, there, there's no logic behind that at all. Zay flowers, the smart answer, younger guy, healthy, great profile looking good I, i'm I'm definitely excited to see what he can bring and hopefully you know as we all hear they're running the the four receiver sets with all three wide receivers out there and mark andrews so that'll just be it'll be a fun offense to watch and i hope it does work out i'm seeing the new people in the chat discuss some of our news topics and there today's actually been a pretty decent news day we'll, we'll keep it kind of brief a little bit uh but chase claypool he's landed on the pup from a variety of injuries it's not like we were expecting much from him anyway. Granted, he's been sent off and hasn't really capitalized since his rookie year. Do you think it opens the door at least for maybe a Tyler Scott or someone in the world? I certainly do because in that hierarchy, and you probably don't necessarily want those guys a redraft, maybe more like DFS or those deep dynasty leagues to keep uh, to keep an eye on those guys. I I would assume that Tyler Scott is rostered on a good amount of teams. But the other guy to also remember is Vilas Jones. Yes, I know. He's a second-year guy, and I think he's approaching 30, if I remember correctly. He was an old dude last year. Mm-hmm. I'm not serious about him approaching 30, but he is an older guy. But he has speed. And honestly, he, he was targeted only 14 times last season. Two of them went for touchdowns. He has speed currently on the depth chart. If Chase Claypool doesn't go, Vilas Jones is the direct backup there. If you're a rebuilding team, you could take a flyer. I've looked in all my dynasty leagues. He's been available. It's mm-hmm. a name to monitor because Chase Claypool, it's just been a weird off season, right? Like he is, it seems to be more focused on being a model than a football player. And it is final year of his contract. And right now I really feel like the only reason that we're taking so much Claypool over Tyler Scott Vilas Jones is we go, well, the Bears did do that bad trade and give up the 33rd overall pick for Chase Claypool. But Claypool is on thin ice there. Obviously, DJ Moore is the alpha. Obviously, Darnell Mooney is better. But keep an eye. One of these other young guys could use this time to assert themselves and, and supplant Chase Claypool in the starting lineup. Definitely. Definitely. And it does look like, I'm sorry, but it does look like Paul say Paul though in the chat does say he is off the list now. But still, I think all of that stands because, I mean, it's Chase Claypool at this point, and I, you know, they keep addressing wide receiver for a reason. And I mean, still, also, I mean, it's not like anyone was drafting the third or fourth wide receiver on the Bears. You know, it, it's a passing offense that we're projecting to get better, but we don't know for sure. And even then, it's probably just going to be DJ Moore, Justin Fields running the ball a lot, Cole Komet probably having a few good games, and Darnell Mooney being a little consistent. So it'll we'll we'll see what happens to that offense. But Chase Claypool, apparently fine, but still someone to monitor as we just have no idea what's going on in his head in general. <laughs> we have some tragic news today to talk about as Naheem Hines as is out for the season. He sustained, it appears to be a jet ski injury. He was hit by someone else on a jet ski while he was stationary, non-life-threatening injuries, but needed surgery not on the field this year, huge blow 
to the Bills in terms of, as you'll point out, the special teams. Why don't you talk about it a little bit? Well, Naeem Hines, uh, unfortunately, even last season, couldn't get on the field for offense. But yeah, he had, I think everyone remembers this, that after the DeMar Hamlin game, that very next game for the Buffalo Bills, that mm -hmm. Naeem Hines returned not one, but two kick returns, four touchdowns. He had been listed as our starting kick return and punt return guy. And the timing of this is pretty rough. I mean, these teams yeah. are getting ready to play preseason games. So, like, currently the backup punt returner is Khalil Shakir, who didn't do a whole lot of punt returning last season, and it was kind of so-so. And that's, that's, a, that's a problem from an NFL standpoint. It's going, man, we just lost a starter. Maybe not an offensive guy, and we do fantasy football. That's usually what we think of, but – this is going to hurt the Buffalo Bills on the NFL side of things. My guess would be that Khalil Shakir will be given a chance to handle some punt return abilities. And Deontay Hardy, a guy they signed from the Saints, he didn't play much with the Saints last season, but he does have a history of returning kicks, returning yeah, punts. Years ago, he was an all-pro kick returner. So Deontay Hardy could mm -hmm. be the direct like replacement on special teams in terms of the running back depth chart, I think heading into preseason, it was James Cook's job is safe. Naheem Hines was going to be the, the main return man. And there was going to be competition between Damian Harris and Latavius Murray to be, I guess, that power back. Uh, the compliment to James Cook, they both signed one-year contracts that weren't worth a whole lot of money. Now I would say I would think both guys make the team because there's not a mm -hmm. whole lot of running back depth there. But if they do want to add someone in free agency to the running back room, the name to keep an eye on, and he is recovering from a neck injury, so it may not happen, but Dontrell Hilliard is a guy that he has been, uh, he's mainly a pass catcher, but he's a fish on the ground, back-to-back -back seasons over six yards per carry. If Hilliard is cleared from his neck injuries, they, there mm -hmm. should be a whole list of teams trying to get him onto their team. And hey, a pass catching running back, that was kind of Naheem Hines' role when he played on offense, just catch passes. Hilliard has also returned ticks, not a whole, whole lot, but he's done as recently as last season with the Titans. So that could be a free agent that they bring in to work out soon. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I'm pulling up the list of some free agents right now. I don't know why it says the ones that I already signed, but I'm definitely, I'm just not even going to try to choose one. There's definitely some names out there that they can bring in if they really, really do need the help. You meant, I mean, he, you mentioned that he didn't really see the field on offense. I don't think he had more than three touches in a game. So really nothing there. But, I mean, those kick returns you mentioned, I mean, they really saved the Bills. And that game in particular, they were, I mean, basically game-winning punt returns. The Bills looked flat. They had no energy at all. And, I mean, both of those kick returns really brought the team back to life because, I mean, they had the tragic DeMar Hamlin thing the week right mm -hmm. before that. And so he just, you know, a leader for that team because of that. So it, you, you hate to see it. I am a little confused, though, because we just say all of this and a lot of the community doesn't really get that. I've seen the James Cook name get steamed up a lot today with this news. And in my opinion, like it it, it really shouldn't like James Cook role hasn't changed at all with this. I, I maybe makes it a little bit more clear, but I think no matter what, we knew that he was going to get the receiving work. He was fantastic last year. He led the league in breakaway run rate. He was number three in yards per touch. He had a six reception game himself. And then we know that the Bills pass catching running back is a valuable role as well. Singletary had 11 target nine reception game last year also. So I, I 
think James Cook, even before this, should have been steamed up. I'm glad that he's getting a little bit more recognition now because I do think he deserved it. And I do see him as a value right now. Are, are you are you buying into this James Cook hype still? Well, or were you on it before? <laughs> I definitely wasn't. My exposure rate is a solid 0% on James Cook. Yeah. And if his ADP is rising, I definitely don't. I yeah. don't mainly because just opportunity costs. I just... He's already in the top 100 players, and I don't know. I because it's more of if something had happened to Damian Harris slash Latavius Murray for an opportunity for James Cook to get more groundwork. Like yeah. it's it's kind of like saying, oh, Swift. It, let's use the Eagles in this situation. Gainwell goes down with an injury. Um, oh, we're going to bump up Swift. It's like, no, nah, like they're both pass catchers. It's more yeah. of you want Penny to go down and you can be more excited about Swift. So in this case with James Cook, if his ADP starts to rise because of this news, I, if I could yeah. have lower exposure rate to him, I would. <laughs> but it's it's 0%. I'm very happy with that. Yeah, no, I, I, I kind of agree. I don't like that. He, he has been seeing a little bit of a bump in hype I've seen on the Twitter space. It's a little rough. But Harry Snowman points out the Bills have signed Darrington Evans. So it has been answered. <laughs> and not a pass catcher either. Darrington Evans uh, kind of yeah. looked like a change of pace guy, but was not catching passes. I was wondering when he would hop on with someone. He was with uh, he was with the Colts earlier this year and the Bears last season. But poor dude, he's <laughs> what it's his third year in the league and he's already hit journeyman role. <laughs> It happens. It happens, right? I mean, it's hard to keep a job in this league. Uh, we've got just a few more things to talk about. Uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson had a scare today. He had a non-contact knee injury, but it has seemed that he has escaped the worst-case scenario. I think I read that he was day-to-day, -day, which, of course, means week-to-week, -week, but he should be good to go by week one. Uh, are, you're under the same understanding as well? Yeah, from what I gathered, I didn't catch what the actual injury was, but yeah, it was basically big thing was not ACL. It sounded horrible, but I'm sure it hurt. But <laughs> Detroit Lions fans and Jack somewhere out there has probably watched the show could just breathe a huge sigh of relief. Yeah, no, I, I I literally had, I mean, I hate to do this, but I have Chauncey Gardner Johnson in IDP League and somebody tried to trade him off of me last week and I was like, no, I want him. <laughs> So I'm glad I still have him now, but it was a little bit of a scare there. I was like, oh, I could have got some. But, you know, that's fantasy football. Kendra Miller activated off the pup list. So those of you who sold him shouldn't have. Those of you who bought him, congratulations. This is why you just pay attention to the markets and fantasy football. Things change on a flip of a coin, a snap of a finger. Uh, and, I mean, he's going to be good to go. Uh, and, that, and it is what it is. <laughs> Exactly. It's and the only thing I'll add to that is just going when you're absorbing all of this NFL news, just don't double count things, right? Like we knew Kendra Miller was injured. He was injured before yeah. the draft. He, he never practiced. Like yeah. you just have to sometimes trust NFL teams on that. Like they yep. drafted Kendra Miller with a pretty decent draft pick there. When he got put on the pup list, I was like, that makes sense. He probably hasn't been able to do anything. So yeah, and I was still taking him in basketball drafts because he was going, falling like two full rounds. And it's like, well, he was already cheap before, but now he's dirt cheap. And yep. I'll take a flyer. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, we've seen rookie running backs have so much success in this league. It seems like that's the best time to be a running back is when you're a rookie. So, yeah, I love the, the cheap dart throw. I mean, basically uh, – 
potentially with the Alvin Kamara suspension and also his age. I mean, another premier handcuff if he can get, you know, a similar role to Alvin Kamara. I mean, we know Jamal Williams is going to be taking the short yardage touchdown stuff, but still there's every other type of down for Kendra Miller out there. And lastly, the Raiders are not giving up. They're trying their best to keep up in the AFC West. For some reason, they're, they're just continuously trying. They have signed cornerback Marcus Peters. Good for them, right? I'm, I'm glad that they're trying, you know, but. <laughs> I'll say, I think the Raiders, now that they'll win the division, obviously, but mm. I've been, I haven't been able to like write them off as like the worst team in that division. They're going to surprise people. They're going to yeah. be just scrappy enough just scrappy enough. And, but it is kind of funny because you look at like their depth chart and it's like their top three outside cornerbacks are all guys that were cast off from other teams that they signed. And Marcus Peters may potentially be their best cornerback already, but yeah. that's been a name that's been kind of rumored to the Raiders for, for a little while now. And I'm sure if people have been tuning into Jack's show on a consistent basis, I'm sure he probably already had it too. So some of these moves really won't surprise you if you follow the NFL closely, admittedly, it's really hard when there's 32 teams and there's a whole lot of transactions going on. But good for Marcus Peters, good for the Raiders. If you want a bold take, the last place team in the AFC West is going to be the Los Angeles Chargers. Whoa, that's too hot. I'm not allowing that one. I thought you were going to give a reasonable Denver Broncos take. But no, you can't say the Chargers. That If that happens, Justin Herbert injures himself in week three. Like that, That's the only reason that happens. It's it could be with Herbert, but really my my whole thought process is when you look at that roster top to bottom, and we'll be brief. I know the Chargers weren't even on this, but it, they're know. built like the Rams were last season. And we saw what happened that if you suffer an injury to like two of those guys, you got like five core guys are really good. But if two of them go down and you don't have depth and I don't think the Chargers really have depth on that team, it could be problematic. So watch out with the Chargers and that team like. I know it's like, oh, Aaron's predicting injuries. The Chargers seem to be kind of uh, susceptible to injuries, you know, every season. So, yeah, just connecting the, the dots there, just going, you know. And I still think that devastating loss to the Jaguars in the wild card round, like it's that that was not the low point of the Chargers. This season will be the low point, and then you can get rid of your coach, right? It's about time get rid of Brandon Staley. He should have been gone this offseason. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know. I'm not going to agree with it at all. But I will say I'm definitely taking lots of shots on Joshua Kelly uh, because I do think that, you know, like you said, the Chargers do hit that injury bug a lot. But, you know, you brought up the two injuries. They had Mike Williams and Keenan Allen out last year, and they still did fine with Joshua Palmer and uh, whoever else was out there. Someone Andre else. Carter. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Might have wrote Andre. about him a couple of times last season. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll see what we'll see, right? But uh, the Raiders, I will agree with you. They are definitely going to shock some people. All Jimmy Garoppolo does is win games. He's back. Hunter Renfro is good. Jacoby Myers is good. We talked about Michael Mayer a few a few minutes ago. He's good. Devontae Adams, one of the best wide receivers in the league, and now they're shoring up that defense as well. So don't count out the Raiders. See you guys. Uh, I don't do this show. See, Jack will see you tomorrow. Jack will be seeing you tomorrow at the regularly scheduled time. I believe he has a very special guest lined up. You can see 
Aaron, why don't you talk about yourself a little bit? Where, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter. The Twitter handle is at AaronStu09. And I have a show. If you guys have been watching Player Profiler, you've seen me all over the place this past week. But I do a show with my co-host, Chris Bonagura, called Stat Masters. We host it live on Discord on Wednesday nights. And you can also go and check our latest episode. I post it on Mondays. So our most recent recorded episode, if you're not a Discord person, it is on YouTube. We just talked about the NFC North and some players to target and to avoid. But we do the show called Stat Masters that helps you guys learn how to use Player Profiler to get better at fantasy football and win some championships. Nice, nice. Go check that out. And Jack, thank you for letting me host your show. The audience that tune in to Jack, if you'd so oblige, check out Wake and Take tomorrow morning. I do that Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. And then, of course, you can find the Trade Gods Thursday night at 8 p.m. Thank you all for listening. Y'all have a fantastic evening and week. See y'all later. Hey, you like that video? Be sure to subscribe and activate those alerts so you get notified as soon as new videos drop. And be sure to check out playerprofiler.com. We have all the tools for you to dominate every type of fantasy league. We have a draft kit, Dynasty Deluxe, Data Analysis, DFS Dominator, and don't forget the player rankings to rule them all.